Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus. Welcome. I'm Tad Craig, the associate pastor here at Wilkesboro Baptist Church. I have Randy Whittington. Uh, He is the chairman of the diaconate, and he was also uh, the property chairman during our renovation project in 2017. And we are here today to celebrate uh, the conclusion of our Renovate 938 campaign. Now, for those that were not aware, were not around during the 2017 when we renovated it, we created this campaign to pay off uh, the debt we had to go into to renovate our sanctuary. Uh, it had not really been renovated since the since 50, oh, yeah, 50, late 50s. late 50s, and we decided in 2017 to renovate it, give it a good uh, overhaul, and uh, it was a it was a wonderful project. Sure uh, we got to work together during that project, and uh, would you have ever thought that we would have been able to pay off the debt right now? Well, you know, our church is an amazing church in giving. We've always given. And uh, I've always had confidence that our church is uh, going to step forward like we have in the past. And they did this time. It's just a great feeling to, to know we've got this debt paid off. Right. And even in 2020 with the global pandemic that hit and so many other nonprofits and businesses, they struggled, you know, with it. We we're here today. Yeah, we had one of our best giving years ever in the history of this church. So it's our church family to step forward. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah, it, it's just, it's been an amazing process for me just from the get-go. And I was just sitting back thinking about those original meetings, you know, where we sat down and we met with a team, with a committee to kind of go through what we wanted the sanctuary to look like. You remember those uh, meetings? I sure do. I, I sure do remember. It was a, a lot of planning had to go, go up, be put together to, to determine to make sure that we were ready for uh, January 2nd when the contractor started. And uh, the pews were one of the big issues. We had to determine how could we get the pews out of the sanctuary uh, the day after Christmas to January 2nd. We only had a week window. So we started uh, planning on, uh, started a list of, uh, of church family members who wanted a pew, and they were able to sign up. And then during that week, they came by to pick their pews up. Yeah, I remember that. Because it was, I mean, we had two weeks because we had all the Christmas stuff and we didn't want to interrupt Christmas. So we got through our Christmas, you know, and it was, you know, getting everything cleared because they were coming in ready to roll. Remember the, uh, remember the pulpit uh, furniture? Yes. We had to determine what to do with it as well. So I remember contacting uh, Larry Adams with uh, Rescue America. Mm -hmm. And he said there was a church on the Indian reservation that needed our furniture. So they picked him up and he called me later on to say, well, there was a change. Said uh, there was a new church that started, I believe it was in Iowa, and it was the only church within 300 miles in any direction. So oh, that's wow. where our church pulpit furniture is now residing. So God had plans for it. Yeah. You know, and then we also, you had the pews, and then when we started taking out the stained glass windows, uh, I think people took that too. They sure did. Yeah, they had a sign up list for that as well. So, yeah. uh, uh, it worked out real well to yeah. be able to get everything ready for the contract. You know, it was, I think one of the main things we try to do as a team and planning and specialists, we wanted to make sure though to keep the history of this church. We have a great history. Wilkesboro Baptist Church has a great history of being here on Main Street from when it was established in 1880 to now. We didn't want that to go away. We wanted to, to you know, preserve that and let people to remember that, but also 
move forward. The, uh, you know, our, I consider our sanctuary kind of a blend between mm -hmm. a, what you saw contemporary and traditional. And we kept, the, like you said, the style of our original church. We didn't tear any walls down and, right. and no structural changes. And we were able to turn it into this beautiful sanctuary we have today. Yeah, the, all the stained glass was hand, you know, handmade, hand painted. Uh, they were beautiful, and then even in, to, our, to our left over here, we wanted to backlight that, and that was something Church Interiors kind of did and, and thought it was a cool, and it's worked out well. Oh, yeah. We, uh, uh, that was new for them, too, and uh, it turned out uh, beautifully. Remember, the backside of the, the stained glass windows were uh, behind the backlights were, uh, were plywood. So yes. we had a professional photographer come in, if you remember, took a picture of our, our stained glass windows, and then we had a company in Charlotte that actually printed on fabric. That's right. So they mimicked the, uh, the stained glass on the other side as well. Another cool thing we did is before we put down the carpet and the LVT, we had people write down the prayers. Oh, absolutely. That was a wonderful experience. Uh, I think our church family uh, uh, got a big blessing out of doing that because there were hundreds of uh, prayers written on the floor here. I'm just wondering how many still remember what they wrote down on the floor. I remember some uh, praise band members some of them wrote on the stage prayers, uh, you know, where they were, where they felt like that's where they were going to be leading worship. And uh, it's just, it's a great thing to think through. And I know when I walk through at times, I remember those prayers that are on the floor. Uh, you know, the other thing we were looking at is the technology because we really wanted to, to we needed to upgrade our technology in here. There was just, the wiring was bad. The, the sound equipment was just a little old. So we wanted to get there and thank goodness we did. I mean, we did Absolutely. not miss a beat during the 2020. If we hadn't had this technology, I'm not sure how we made it through last year the way we were able to, to provide a, uh, our church family with a, a worship service uh, through video. It, uh, and our sound system upgrade, all that played a part. I, I think God knew this ahead of time and, and uh, put this in place so we could handle what we just went through this past year. Oh, most definitely. I mean, I've had so many church members say, thank you for being able to broadcast. I haven't missed, I've missed one Sunday in a year, even though I haven't been in the building I've been able to worship every week with Wilkesboro Baptist Church, and I think that means a lot uh, to the planning and to us. I, I really want to just thank the, the team that looked at that and us looking, going, we want to think ahead, and we want to figure out how to continue worshiping and, and sharing the gospel the best we can. Um, do you remember the, the, the total amount of it? I think it was like 938000 Am I close? Uh, that's right. Okay. And think, four years paid for. That's, That's amazing. That is amazing. And the renovation took about four months. About four months, yeah. Uh, and we did it in four years. I mean, that's yeah. kind of a, it's just a, a great way to celebrate. I'm it was glad a great we experience for you and I to get to, we, we were here every day. <laughs> yes. Every day from January 2nd to the, the construction was completed and we got to work together and mm -hmm. uh, it was just a, a joy to be part of this renovation. It was. You know, church, thank you for being faithful. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to get here thinking ahead and thank you for paying off this debt because we're debt free. Oh, we don't have anything. Feeling, isn't it? Awesome. So I think the great way to do that right now is we'll let's burn the notes. Burn the notes. Let's so let's burn it. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. And so, so uh, a little bit of detail before we jump into kind of a sermon celebrating, I guess. 
Uh, one part of that detail is we've been debt-free for about a month now. Uh, our first Sunday being debt-free as a church since uh, about four and a half years ago was Easter Sunday. Uh, the debt was paid off the week before that Easter Sunday. And uh, we didn't want to kind of get in a situation where we're celebrating Easter and we kind of tack this on to the end of it or vice versa. So we made this its own service. And I had an opportunity to, to film that video. Tad and, uh, and Randy did an excellent job, not only on the video. They had fun on the video. I don't even want to know how much fun they had burning that note. But um, they had a lot of fun a few years back when we went through the renovation process. Uh, I'll never forget in the conversations with the search committee, uh, prior to me coming here to be your pastor in 2016... They told me that there was a, a plan, a, 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 something that was on the radar for uh, renovating the sanctuary. That they had a committee assigned and uh, they had already been chosen prior to me coming here. And one of the things that took place not too long into my tenure is we began meeting, discussing what the renovation of the sanctuary would look like. I'm just going to be honest with you. I had some really strong leaders and mentors in my life look at me when I stepped in the role of senior pastor and they said, Chris, there are a lot of things you can do as a pastor, but one thing you need to remember, the first year you're there, don't change anything. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, that's, that's really good advice. I'll take that advice. And I walk in and hey, uh, pastor, we've got a sanctuary renovation committee and we'd like you to be a part of it. We didn't want to act on it without a pastor here. So we'd like you to kind of get started on that. And I'll be honest with you, I had some serious reservations, not about, uh, not so much about the church or about the need for the renovation, but about my ability to work through that process and work with people and, and lead that process or at least participate in it rather. And I remember sitting down with some of the staff, uh, uh, Tad and Danielle and uh, Reverend Mike Nor Norman or Mr. Mike Norman, who served as their minister of music at the time. And we talked about it and talked through it. And I remember looking at them and saying, guys, uh, should we really move forward on this? I mean, there's, a, there's kind of a point where you can't go back from that. And they looked at me and they said, listen, we have known we needed to do this for a while and if we don't do this now, I'm not sure we'll ever get it done and we really need to move forward. And you can trust the church and you can trust us. And, and so we moved forward. We, we sought the Lord's direction. I remember sitting in the pews at the time in this room as church interiors came in and Parker Productions came in and we talked through what it might look like and some of the options. And, and we, had some, we had a lot of fun in the planning stages of that. What I'd like to do the rest of this service is preach a sermon, but preach a little bit different of a sermon than I would normally do. Uh, we've seen the theme on the screen in the video, something greater. Well, listen, folks, we have something great to remember. We have something great to remember. We really do. When we dedicated the sanctuary, May 7th, 2017, okay, that's just about four years from now. We had a service in here where we prayed over the sanctuary, where we dedicated it uh, about a month or so, less than a month, after we stepped back into the sanctuary to continue worshiping. And, and as we closed that service, I remember reflecting on a truth that was so vital to the history of Wilkesboro Baptist Church. The first pastor at Wilkesboro Baptist Church, his name was George Washington Green. He pastored here really on two different occasions, had a little gap in 1886 
Uh, he had pastored for about five years before then and came back and became the pastor in 1886 through 1890. He left Wilkesboro Baptist Church in 1890 to go be a missionary with the Foreign Mission Board in Canton, China. He spent the last 20 years of his ministry in China teaching people and sharing the good news of Jesus. Wilkesboro Baptist has something great to remember because we have a missions heritage. Who we are right now as a church that is committed to leading our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus, supporting mission partners. We'll talk about more of that in a moment. But who we are now is built on who the church was way back when it began, sending its first pastor off to be a missionary. We have some great things to remember. We should also remember our foundations. As I got to thinking about this service, this celebration, this day, I started thinking of names of people in Wilkesboro Baptist Church who either came along before me or who have died since I've been here, who have taught Sunday school, who have served in leadership positions, who have been deacons, who have been church leaders. I want to tell you something, folks. There's no way I could start listing the names of those people. Because if I did, there's no doubt I would leave somebody off that list that is tremendously important to the foundation and the heritage and the history of Wilkesboro Baptist Church. What does that mean? It means that where we are today is built on those individuals that spent time preparing to teach us the Bible. That spent time in Sunday school classes telling kids how they can know Jesus. That spent time in this pulpit preaching the good news of Jesus. That spent time in the choir singing to us about Christ and worshiping Jesus. We have some great foundations. On top of that, Tad and Randy mentioned that uh, under your feet there's a subflooring. And during the renovation process, we invited church members to come in with Sharpies. And all over the sanctuary, there are pen marks and there are prayers written by church members. As we looked through those prayers, some of those prayers are for the ongoing worship of the people at Wilkesboro Baptist Church. The blessings of those who are here. The blessings of those who will come later. Some people prayed for children and grandchildren to put their faith and trust in Jesus. We have some foundations that are absolutely great. And one of the things that's tremendously important for us as we think about where we are, as we think about where we might go in the future and what we might do and what God might want us to do, we need to remember that we're built on a very strong foundation. Ultimately, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but in a practical sense, the faith and the leadership and the witness and the testimony of all those who have gone before. If you're in a Sunday school class in a ministry, it's because somebody started that class. If you're in a worship service, it's because somebody had the vision to start Wilkesboro Baptist Church. If you're a part of the praise team, it's because somebody years ago had the vision to make music a central part of the worship at Wilkesboro Baptist Church. Folks, we have something great to remember. We also have something great to celebrate. I am uh, staggered, to be honest with you, that four and a half years after we started the fundraising campaign to pay off this sanctuary renovation debt, that we are debt free. Now, I, 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 don't, I, I think I'm a little more surprised than maybe some of you that have been here at Wilkesboro Baptist Church for a long time. Because you've seen that testimony in history of giving and paying down debt and accomplishing tasks. And it's fantastic. But uh, I, I have not seen that until now. 
And so I'm staggered by that. That is an incredible thing to celebrate. And I'll be honest with you, as I was thinking about this message, there's a tension. And you'll understand that a little bit more in a minute. There's a tension because we're here to celebrate. And and the temptation for me is to stand up and just kind of brag on Wilkesboro Baptist Church and brag on you for being generous and brag on you for giving. And there's actually not anything necessarily wrong with that. But I also don't want us to walk out thinking that we're the big stuff, right? Thinking that, that, that our church is the best because we've gotten through this and we've gotten this wonderful sanctuary to worship in. There, there's a tension. So I went to a passage of scripture that is tremendously encouraging for me over the years. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is encouraging or was writing to encourage the Corinthian church to give there were some really big needs going on with the church in Jerusalem. They were suffering greatly. And Paul invited and asked the churches that he was ministering to, the Gentile churches, to take up an offering to meet the needs of the church in Jerusalem. And I want you to catch what he, what he wrote. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. Now, it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry of the saints, for I know your readiness of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. So let me just pause and say this. If it was okay for Paul to boast on the church in Corinth, I think it's okay for me to say to you, thank you for your giving, your generous giving, that lets us be debt-free today. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for those of you that pledged, for those of you that commit, kept your pledge commitment and fulfilled all the obligation that you said you would give over four and a half years. Thank you for those of you that gave special offerings. Thank you for those of you that every week that you put a tithe check into the offering plates or into the offering bins of Wilkesboro Baptist Church, there's an amount that you put in for the sanctuary. Thank you for giving. The generosity of Wilkesboro Baptist Church is incredible and it's something worth celebrating. And we ought to celebrate that. We should celebrate what God has done and the privilege that we have to stand here today, to worship today in a building that's completely, totally, 100% paid for. That's a blessing. It's worth celebrating. And folks, we are, I don't want to say we're unique because I know a lot of other churches are debt-free, but I know some churches that aren't. I know some churches that are struggling financially. Some of you may be watching from a church because you've not been able to go back and they're struggling financially. It's a blessing that we're not. And who gets the credit for that? Honestly, it's not us. It's the Lord. It's the Lord for His greatness and His goodness. We have something to celebrate. We also have something to celebrate because you recognize that there's something more important than just paying down a debt. When we started this project, we committed $938,000, roughly $938,000. That covered the debt for the renovation. That covered the Helen Elledge property that we were able to purchase. It also covered a missions tithe. Every $100,000 that was given to this project, $10,000 of that was given to mission organizations or mission partners. So every time you gave, some of that was spread out outside of the church. It wasn't just about this room and this building and this sanctuary, but it was spread to mission partners. So I want you to think about this for a second. When you gave to fulfill the retirement of this particular debt, hungry children in Wilkes County were able to be fed. There were some kids that did not go hungry the last four years because you gave. 
there were people who really struggled and needed counseling and needed support. You know what? During the last four years, because you gave to this project, some money went to organizations that helped those who were hurting psychologically and emotionally get the counseling that they need. Some of your money went to help keep missionaries on the field. And think about that. A ministry and an organization is only as healthy as its tenure, as its length. It's really hard for a pastor to be at a church for two years and God really work in that church and that congregation. It takes time. It's really hard for a missionary to go on the mission field for two years and be effective, especially in a new culture, a new context, a new language. And some of what you gave went to keep missionaries on the mission field. In other words, it, it, it allowed them to stay there and serve rather than come home. That means the gospel was continued uh, to be spread in those regions and in those places. Some of your mission giving supported unwed mothers so that they could keep their babies. We at Wilkesboro Baptist Church, I think for the most part, at least I am in our church, uh, leadership is unapologetically pro-life. We believe that God gave us life and wants us to protect it. And you know what? Some of your mission giving that was tithed from Wilkesboro Baptist Church helped moms, young moms, who were struggling with the decision to keep a child or not keep a child. It helped them keep that child. Literally, it helped someone have life. Some of your missions giving provided a place for those moms to stay. When they couldn't go home or they couldn't go back where they were, they had a place to stay. Some of your mission giving went to do those things. Some of your mission giving sent missionaries to unreached people groups. You see, we're in Wilkes County. I love where we are. I love our church. I love Wilkesboro. But you know what? You could take a stone and you could throw it about any direction in any part of Wilkes County and you're likely to hit a church. We have a lot of churches in our county. And we're blessed by that. That, that means that some of them are doing a good job preaching the gospel. Maybe some of them aren't doing as good a job as they should. But there are plenty of places here for you to hear the good news about Jesus. I want you to hear this, folks. Because this is going to be a challenge that's on our hearts not just for today, but in the future. There are people in our world, billions of people in our world, that at this moment, they have no access to the gospel. They can't get up from their house on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday or whatever day they want to and go find a church that's telling people about Jesus because there's not a church in their neighborhood. There's not even a gospel witness in some of their languages. And some of your missions giving, some of your tithing over this project helped send missionaries to unreached people groups. Some of your tithing uh, helped feed hungry people here in Wilkes County. Some of your missions tithing helped send Brian and Carla Tindall on a mission trip they didn't think they could make. A few years ago, we had an opportunity in one of those tithes to set aside for Brian and Carla Tindall. Tar Carla grew up in our church They've got uttermost evangelism ministries, and they go on mission trips all over the world. And in one particular year, Brian had to cancel a mission trip because they didn't have the funds and sources to be able to take it. A mission tithe came in from Wilkesboro Baptist Church. He was able to get on the phone, get on some emails, and say, Listen, I've got some funds that have come in that have let me be able to maybe remake this plan. He was able to go on that mission trip to that country, preach the good news of Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. Some people got saved because... You gave because he was able to go on that mission trip he thought he was going to have to cancel. I, the, we have something great 
to celebrate. Not just that this room is paid off and not just that we can enjoy this and not just that over the last year we have some cameras. I don't like cameras. Cameras and I don't, don't really go well together. I never thought that I would preach to an empty room and it'd be filmed and the primary medium for any of us worshiping would be on a television screen in our homes. I never imagined any of that. But you know what? For the last year of our lives in ministry at Wilkesboro Baptist Church without that, I'm not sure how we would have stayed as connected as we have. All because some people in our church, years before I got here, had the vision and the insight to make sure that we continued with this renovation project. And now we get to stand here and say it's paid off. We have something great to celebrate. And we ought to celebrate that. We ought to thank God for that. But I want you to hear me, folks. We not just have something great to celebrate, but we have something greater to focus on. To listen to this, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. One of the reasons I love that passage of Scripture so much is it is so practical, but it is also intensely theological. It is all about Paul saying to this wonderful church, or rather this church that was full of knots and thorns and difficulties and problems in Corinth, but that had a heart for generosity, took up donations and gave, and Paul blesses them for that. Paul thanks them for that. But then he kind of switches gears and says, your gift gives others a chance to be thankful to God. Your gift flows out of the grace that God gave to you. Your gift gives us a chance to focus on something that's bigger and greater than even the gift that was given and the glory of what went on. Your gift gives us a chance, Paul says, to focus on the grace and the wonder and the majesty of God. We ought to celebrate today. There are times in the life of the people of God all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament where they set aside feast days and they set aside harvest days where all they did is celebrate. And came together and they just rejoiced and they worshiped. But all of that was not designed to look back at themselves and say, and I worked really hard to get that bumper crop. 
I really, I really had a good year and I did a lot of work. All of those feast days, all of those celebration days were a chance for them to look around and say, hold on a second, you know, you know I, I didn't work as hard this year as I did last year. And, and we have a better crop this year. How did that happen? God, it gives us a chance, it gave them a chance to focus on something greater. To focus on God who is greater. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, let me, let me give you a few challenges. First of all, let me say this with uh, as much clarity as I can. You can't outgive God. If you walk out of here today saying, well, I'm going to try to give more this year and see what that'll do. Uh, and, and just, you know, God can't bless me enough for what I give to him. You can't outgive God. You can't give too much to the Lord. You can't, it can't be done. And here's why. Because I want you to catch this for a moment. And this is really Paul's point in the passage. God already has everything. The reason why we can celebrate today, but we really can't walk out patting ourselves on the back, is because when it all boils down to this truth, this truth is this. God already owns Everything and what he's given us so surpasses anything we could imagine giving him that there's no way we can walk out of here thinking that we're the stuff and thinking that it's all about us. We have to walk out of here thinking that it's all about the glory and the wonder of God. You should imagine this for a second. Paul closes out by saying, thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. So I don't know what you gave to the Sanctuary Renovation Project. I don't know if you gave anything. I don't know what you give to the church. It doesn't really matter. It's up to you and between you and the Lord. But I'll tell you this. There's nothing you can give that compares to the precious blood of Christ. I'll tell you this. Think about God. The, the book of Isaiah chapter 40 says that uh, basically all the waters in the world are in the palm of God's hand. It's one of the descriptors of God. Meaning that God has everything. He's outside of creation. He made all this. And then he looked down into this little town in North Carolina. And he saw you and me. He saw people like you and me. He saw Wilkesboro Baptist Church. He saw this place that needed a congregation. And he looked at this place and looked at these people and said, I'd like to give you some people that that will uh, tell others about Jesus. Pastors and Sunday school teachers and deacons. He said, I'd like to not only do that, but I'd like to, to bless you. I'd like to put some people in your church that, that can help you financially to spread the good news of Jesus. And, and look down and he said, I'd like to save you. I'd like to take you from your darkness and your sinfulness and your wickedness. And I'd like to just wash you of all that. I'd like to clean you of that. I'd like you to bring you in a relationship with me. I'd like to forgive you. I'd like to draw you to me. I'd like to do all this. And why does God do that? Because he's good, because he's great, because he's glorious, because he's wonderful, because he's abundant, because he's more than we could ever deserve and imagine. And then here's what he does. Catch this. He looks down at us in all of our situations and he says, I'm going to give you a chance to participate with me in my work of spreading the good news around the world. And when we give or when we accomplish something like this and finish off a sanctuary renovation debt and we think about what's next, you know what's next? What's next is spreading the greatness and the glory of God to other places. What's next is making sure that people know it's not about us, but it's about Him. 
What's next is us making a commitment to send even more money to missions and mission partners and missionaries and make sure the gospel goes to those places that it's never been before. What's next is us focusing on something that is so much greater than we are. For some of you watching, you don't know that one that is greater. And I want to tell you, Jesus died on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven. You could be redeemed and you could enter into a relationship with the living God. If you'd like to know more how to do that, text us. There will be a number on your screen. Uh, You can ask us what it means to put your faith and trust in Jesus. We'd love nothing more than explain to you how you can get to know the God who is so great that He owns everything, but that He wants you. He wants you to be in relationship with Him. So He sent Jesus to shed His precious blood so that your sins could be forgiven. You know what? He invites you into a family where He has it all. And we'll inherit all that he has when we spend eternity with him. There's nothing more glorious that I can imagine than that. He's inviting you to put your faith and trust in him. To pray something like this, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I can't save myself. I just want to trust in Jesus to be my savior and forgiver. I want to know you. I want to know your peace and your eternal life. Would you forgive me and help me to follow you? If you pray that meaningfully and from your heart, then you know what God will do because he's great and he's glorious and full of grace. He'll forgive you and cleanse you and redeem you and bring you to his family. And if you've done that or would like to do that, we'd love nothing more than to tell you how you can put your faith and trust in Jesus. Church, if you've received that gift, if you've been blessed, you know what we need to do with our blessings? Continue to give back to others. I was reading a book recently by Trevin Wax, and he was talking about the fact that we're not called as Christians to be successful. We're called to be faithful. God isn't interested in how much money is in our bank accounts or, or, or what job we have. That interests him far less than what we do with what he has blessed us with. He wants us to be obedient and faithful. He cares about that. And he referenced a letter from a church father in the second century named Diogenes. And I want to leave us with this. Here's what Diogenes said about being Christians. He said, Christians do not find happiness by ruling over their neighbors or by seeking supremacy over the weak or by being rich or by attacking the inferior. On the contrary, Christians see success in taking upon themselves the burdens of their neighbor, using their positions of superiority to benefit the deficient and in distributing whatever they receive from God to the needy. This is what it means to be an imitator of God. Folks, Wilkesboro Baptist Church has been blessed. And the best way that I can think that we can continue to be faithful with what we have is to give as much as what we have, as much as we can, away to others in need. That glorifies God. And that's the challenge I want to leave us with as we close tonight. Stand with us, if you will, as we sing. Lord God, you've been better to us than we deserve. We are weak and wretched sinners. And yet you and your grace look down upon us in our sorrow and sadness and our sin and our deficiency. And you met us and you forgave us and you redeemed us. And we get to be here today, this weekend, and celebrate a debt being paid off We get to be here today and rejoice in the freedom of that. But Lord God, you have been so good to us, better to us than we deserve. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to bless others. 
I pray, Lord, that you take what you have blessed us with and give us a commission and a reason and a cause to give it away to others in need, to meet needs, to care about people, to serve those who need the gospel. Because, Lord, ultimately, you're the one that we're to focus on. You're the one who is greater and more glorious. It's all about you and it's all for you. Help us to keep that as our perspective day in and day out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.